Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What's up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. <laughs> Way to set the tone, dude. <laughs> Tyler is taking his last breath in his introduction there. Uh, Trey is also with us. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. I'm back with beer. So. Oh, no. The old train. Look out. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Uh, that should bring this show back to its prime quality. Uh, but if you're new to the show, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. And this is week seven waiver wire episode seven or seven weeks in already man it's crazy <laughs> uh, it's crazy it is nuts time flies when you're getting frustrated at your fantasy team <laughs> no doubt about that um we're kind of in that that zone but you know in the as we go on here these waiver wire addition or uh, ads to your team become more and more crucial in my opinion, um, to really shape your roster for the playoffs. You got to already be thinking about playoffs. If playoffs? You're trying to win them. Can't even win a damn game. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. Well, um, any uh, initial thoughts on the Monday Night Football game as it has just ended? And we are now recording this waiver wire episode. Yeah, it looked like a Thursday night game. Another another primetime Broncos <laughs> game. Thank you, NFL. Shit is sweet. I'm so glad they gave him six of these motherfuckers. That's all we get they to watch in the primetime. Russell Wilson. I think we're all sick of that. The only thing I really want to bring up is, uh, like we called it, the Mike Boone experience was very short. Latavius Murray seemed to take over this backfield. The only like really concerning part is the fact that Melvin Gordon had very little touches, saw no receiving work, and Latavius Murray, uh, just going from the numbers, had 80-plus percent of that backfield, and he's been there for a week and a half. So uh, that, that's one thing to keep an eye on. Gordon oh, yeah. was... Oh. He's a hard nosed runner. Like that's the yeah. one thing that like he gives them that he's always gonna be this guy that's kind of falling forward, even though he runs upright. Uh he's always moving forward. And that's more than you can say for Melvin Gordon, who's got absolute butterfingers right now, and Daniel Boone just looks a little skittish out there. Gordon was also dealing with a neck and rib injury going into the game. He wasn't taken off the injury report and marked as healthy until like right before. So that could have something to do with it. I still think we'll see Melvin Gordon involved. I think it's going to be kind of a, at least a two-man committee moving forward, depending on if that second guy is Melvin Gordon or Mike Boone. But Latavius does seem to get the share of the workload for what they're looking for right now. Um, if I had to put money on it, Mike Boone fades into the distance. Melvin Gordon gets a third of the carries. Latavius Murray gets two-thirds. That's what it seems like right now, but maybe they're just playing the hot hand. Could be. The injury report could have something to do with that. I think that's a good point to bring up. So, But, yeah, it's definitely Boone's out of this 
backfield at this point. It's got he has to be. R.I.P. R.I.P. Good while it lasted. Uh, let's get into the waiver wires then, huh? Let's get it. All right. Um, kind of just going off a list here. These guys aren't really ranked for us um, numerically, <laughs> but some of the popular names are that are being brought up as waiver wire ads this week. Going to kind of run through those and talk about if we would be picking them up and how much fab or or not. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So let's start here. Um, one guy that's still owned universally in less than 50% of leagues, Rondale Moore. Um, your guys' thoughts on Rondale? Um, I mean, it's an obvious addition if he's not picked up in your league already with the injury to Hollywood Brown. Um, some reports, they're all over the place. They're expecting more testing, um, I think, tomorrow just to determine how long he's going to be out. But the preliminary reports say a minimum of six weeks, but you're hearing a lot of out for the season. So if that is the case, Rondo Moore is the obvious addition. Um, I understand they just traded for Robbie Anderson, but, I mean, it's Robbie Anderson. Um, I mean, and Robbie Anderson... It would probably come into immediately just back up DeAndre Hopkins because he's really just a deep play threat, and DeAndre Hopkins already gives you that. So um, I wouldn't expect a ton of Robbie Anderson. I would think that Rondell Moore is a very, very strong pickup for anybody that he's available, any league he's available in. Yeah, I would mostly agree. I think the Robbie Anderson addition might be a little downplayed because uh, for most of his career, he really hasn't had a pretty good quarterback Kyler Murray is honestly a little lackluster I, I would say disappointing but this change of pace or change of scene for Robbie Anderson could be good for him but this next week with Rondell Moore is going to be I think a really good really good time to start Rondell Moore he's playing over 90% of the snaps his usage is definitely up there with someone you want to start with Marquise being out DeAndre still being out I, well DeAndre comes back this week right yeah, he's back this yep. week. Okay, so he comes back this week. Robbie Anderson has one week to adjust to the team. If I'm being honest, this is your last time to really start Rondell Moore unless Robbie Anderson does sit on the bench behind DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't see that happening because wide receiver one and two, with Rondell on the slot, you got to have Robbie Anderson out there. Robbie Anderson is going to see more snaps than Rondell Moore once he gets acclimated. Yeah, according to Sleeper, Robbie Anderson's uh, only uh, rostered in 18% of leagues. So definitely a guy that's out there and available as well. Um, This next guy I like a lot. I was picking him up last week, had another nice week. This week, Alec Pierce, the rookie wide receiver for the Colts, had a nice game again uh, this week as Matt Ryan finally – Old Matty Ice finally went on a little bit of a tear without Jonathan Taylor there, threw the ball 58 times, um, which is great if they're going (laughs) to continue doing that for the fantasy receivers in this offense. Uh, Alec Pierce, universally owned in 31.1% of leagues. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I like Alec Pierce Pierce as a player. I like the usage he's getting in this terms of the targets he's getting, but pump your brakes a little bit on his week this last week performance he 32 yards and that touchdown came on the final play of the game so before that he had two catches for 17 yards 
Um, that's obviously a little Ooh. worrisome that you're going to see. You're going to see some games like that from him. Um, I know he's a rookie, so you're going to see some up and down, but he's still absolutely worthy of the ad because he is getting a lot of targets. He's basically averaging six targets a game right now, and his usage just seems to continue to rise. So should be a very worthy ad. I just wouldn't necessarily be jumping to put him into my lineup right away. Yeah, I'm mostly with you on that. I, I would say, you know, his two biggest games of the year came in the last two weeks, which are, you know, both 12 point performances. He has double digit performances in the last three weeks. The last two weeks, Jonathan Taylor is out. They've been throwing the ball a lot more. When Jonathan Taylor's back, I think things will change a lot for Alec Pierce. Even Michael Pittman saw an increase in his targets, and he gets a lot of targets on this offense. But with Jonathan Taylor not there, that's the reason they threw the ball 58 times. So once Jonathan Taylor comes back, Alec Pierce, I like him in Dynasty, and that's pretty much it. Maybe I stash him on my bench if I have like a two-flex league. But right now, it's I'm not really high on him. Uh, all right. Uh, another guy being talked about, Rashad White, the backup running back there in Tampa Bay. Uh, rostered in about 30% of leagues. I think I feel like this is more of a, if you have, you know, room on your bench, just taking one of these upside running backs if the guy in front of him goes down. Because Leonard Fournette has been scoring literally all the touchdowns for Tampa Bay. <laughs> I think he has in like the last two games. Tom Brady totally fucked me. I'll just say that. <laughs> my start of the week. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw that out there and just be completely honest. I don't know what's happening, but you're completely right. Leonard Fournette is scoring all the touchdowns, and we've been on this for a couple of weeks now, mostly you. If there's anyone to be handcuffing, it is Rashad White. Because for whatever reason, the Buccaneers only know how to score touchdowns with their running backs. And if Leonard Fournette goes down, Rashad White is in a very good position to do things. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I mean, if you have room on your bench, I'd be stashing him. If you, if you don't need someone to start out of the waiver wire uh, this week. Hold on. My uh, laptop freaking. Okay. Uh, next on the list, <laughs> my li- the lit the Google Doc like disappeared on me. Anyway, uh, Michael Gallup, uh, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, rostered in fifty point four percent of leagues, so still available in just about half of leagues. Dak Prescott is coming back. Gallup has gotten back into the fold a little bit. Um, do you think he's worthy of? of rostering seven targets in the game against Philly didn't have a great outing, but still the targets were there. Um, yeah, I honestly, I really think you should hit because not only have his targets raised in each game, so as his playing time, so he's getting, he's still getting more incorporated in the offense and him and Dak have always had a good connection. We've seen that going back. Um, Dak loves to target him on deep throws. So I think his usage and his production is only going to rise with that coming back. I would mostly disagree with what you're saying. It's been a while since we've seen like Michael Gallup do anything positive in fantasy. I mean, he's been you, dealing with a ton of injuries. Yeah, but even then when he is playing, and I know him and Dak have good chemistry, and someone has to score on this offense, but it's someone I just really would not expect anything from moving forward as far as uh, I wouldn't rely on it. 
if you have room on your bench and you need a receiver kind of hopefully come through for you later on in the season, maybe add him. But it's not someone I really I really bank on right now. I mean, he hasn't had a good season since 2019. We're talking before COVID times. I know he is very injury riddled, but you know, in the last two years, he's had six double digit games as a receiver. That's also as the th- number three receiver in the offense, though. He's now the number two receiver. Yeah, that is a good counter. That, that is before Amari Cooper <laughs> left. Good counter. I know you hate Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper still put up numbers. Um, and he also had put up bad numbers some, some weeks, too. But he also had really good numbers certain weeks. So um, I think Gallup's absolutely worth a pickup in all leagues. Um, and obviously, yeah, I don't think you're going to throw him right into your lineup. But on a short, on a thin week, which... Could be this week. I mean, you got a lot of big receivers on by. You have Stephon Diggs out, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown. Those are all, you know, top 10 receivers that are all gone. You might have to rely on a guy like an Alec Pierce or a Michael Gallup this week specifically. That's a good point. And I don't hate Amari Cooper anymore. I am actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've turned the ship around and I'm, I'm riding that boat. <laughs> You're on the pooper scooper, huh? <laughs> it took what five yeah. years? Yeah, I don't know what they call it. Like on boats, it's not the poop deck, but the coop deck. <laughs> um, yeah, I would agree with you. I think Michael Gallup's worth an ad. Probably should have been adding him a week or two ago as he started to get back. But the upside is there with Dak Prescott coming back, and you know it's an upside shot at someone that you can add off the waiver wire right now, and. I would spend, uh, you know, 10%, 15% of my fab, maybe, to pick him up if he's still available. Yeah, well, you're an idiot, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This next guy, Big Bob Tunyon, uh, tight end for the Green Bay Packers, had uh, a nice, really nice game for tight end. You know, still put up 14 fantasy points without even getting in the end zone, which is nice to see. 12 targets, 10 receptions for 90 yards. Um, I think the targets have a lot to do with this offensive line not being very good, at least the right side of the line. Pretty bad right now. Um, there's definitely going to be a shuffle, I would imagine, uh, on this starting line. Um, whether that's going to help or not, I don't know, but... Aaron Rodgers is forced to get rid of the ball a lot sooner than he wants to, and I think that played into Tenyon's 12 targets this week. Uh, Definitely not going to see that week in and week out, but he is, I think, a streaming option moving forward because the Packers are just really just looking for any sort of weapon (laughs) in the passing game. So Randall Cobb Cobb is out. Randall Cobb's on IR or expected to be placed on IR or already on IR. So he's going to be out for a little bit. Yeah. And Christian wants to miss this last week uh, with the hamstrings and you know how hamstrings can be. So he can miss this game as well. And it's one of those ones that could always jump back. Um, so, but I he's do also like with that since training camp. Exactly. So like, it's just something that, you know, they're dealing with. I also do like though that, I mean, ton, I think Tanya is a good streaming option at tight end uh, because that usage is so high. But it really seems like at this point, um, Rodgers is really relying on uh, Tunyon, Lazard, and then uh, Dobbs. 
uh, Lazard and Dobbs both got nine targets apiece as well. So like those are his three guys, and you're probably not going to see anybody else really work into these this target share at all. Yeah, and to drive that point home with how lackluster Robert Tunyon has been, only scoring, let's just say, 50 points in the year so far through six weeks, he's still top 12 in PPR, number 15 in standard. That's how bad the tight end landscape is. I'll just beat that dead horse into the ground even further like we always do. If you don't have that top tight end, you got to roll with someone like that. And Robert Tunyon is definitely not a bad person having your lineup. Yep, for sure. Uh, Chase Claypool, a guy that I think we should mention. Not, no, like we're all trying to pick him up. <laughs> I, in fact, I'm not picking him up. But there are going to be people out there that are wondering if they should pick him up after scoring 19.9 fantasy points, getting seven targets for seven receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown from Mitchell Trubisky. Um, for the most part. Um, but we're not picking them up, right? Still not going to do it. Um, I mean, after waivers, if he's still available, I might consider him as an ad if I kind of strike out one of the receivers. He has gotten 16 targets the last two weeks. So it wasn't just this last week. He had um, the week before he had nine targets. He caught five of them for, for 50 yards. So his usage is starting to climb. If that continues, he could end up being a worthy stash towards the end of the season. That's a good point. I'll just say what I said before the season started. Chase Claypool is literally a pool of clay. I can't dive into it. I can't fuck with it. And I'm still not doing it. Yeah, he got that fair. with Mitch Trubisky, but Kenny Pickett, he had, a, he had a concussion. I I don't know Kenny Pickett's concussion history. Hopefully he doesn't have that many. But assuming it's you know not a serious thing, Kenny Pickett's back next week. So it's just back to the same old Claypool. The other th- the other way to look at this as well, his target share could have risen because Fryermuth is out as well. Fryermuth missed a lot of last the game two weeks ago with a concussion and it, and was out this last weekend as well. So he could have seen target rise for because of that. If Pickett comes back and then you also have Fryermuth coming back, you could see those targets you know jump back down to just a few a game. Yo, unless you like wheelchairs, don't dive into that pool. <laughs> Uh, Jameson Williams, uh, guy worth bringing up, rostered in twenty seven point three percent of leagues. He they they did not designate him to return from the reserve slash NFI list before the buy. So, uh, looking for them to do that. Hopefully this week he's been making progress back from the torn ACL. Once they do that, I think he has twenty one days to get back on the active roster, but. So we might not see him back for still a few more weeks, but I think he's worth, if you have the roster, you know, if you, if you have the bench size to go ahead and stash oh. someone, it's it might be worth to pick up the guy that was drafted 10th overall, I think, in the first round. Yeah, well, the other nice thing, since he's on the PUP list, you could pick him up and throw him directly into your IR spot. Yeah, which I've done. And, <laughs> and that's what I was going to bring up. But let's just say, so you think if Jameson Williams comes back and he's healthy, do you think he overtakes uh, Josh Reynolds' spot? Probably. Uh, I would. <laughs> it was, it's obviously not going to be right away. He's still, gonna, he's still no. working his way back in. He's never played an NFL defense. So obviously it's going to take some time. I think that if they activate him coming into this 
into this week and they have another three weeks to then get on the roster. And so let's say, you know, maybe he's starting week 10 in Chicago uh, or, you know, playing week 10 in Chicago. I still would say that it's probably two or maybe three weeks after that before we actually see him overtake Josh Reynolds because he's going to have to learn the speed of the game, still learning the offense more than likely, at least when it's on the field, not just on paper. So honestly, Jamison Williams might still just be a stash. Um, and if you're in a keeper league or if you're in a dynasty league, I'm not sure how much he's going to help you this season. Yeah, for redraft leagues for this season, it would probably be like a playoff play. You know, if he comes back and looks good heading into the fantasy playoffs, then you might have something there to work with um, to boost your team. But he is going to, once he is there and healthy, they do expect him to be the outside receiver and work in that role. So with Amon Ra, you know, working mostly inside, but he's a freak talent. So the reason I bring that up is because in the last three weeks, Josh Reynolds has 28 targets. If Jamison Williams can overtake that role, and we've seen how well you know rookie receivers can flourish in the NFL, and we we know how talented Jamison Williams is, that definitely puts him in a very good spot. If he's getting you know eight targets a game on the low end, you know that definitely puts you in a really good spot. So yeah, late late late, late season play for sure. If he takes Josh Reynolds' role, he's in a really good spot. I just think it's a big if. I mean, obviously, Reynolds and Goff have created a very good chemistry between the two of them. That takes time. Um, it takes a lot of reps to do that. I, It's just hard for me to imagine James Williams immediately coming in and, you know, be able to replace an NFL veteran like Josh Reynolds. Yeah, it's a reach. But if he does, he's in a if good he spot. Does. Yeah, if he does. If, uh, if he does, that's a big <laughs> if. Um <laughs> Mike Boone, we don't really see as fantasy relevant moving forward. I wouldn't go adding him. Deion Jackson had a big game, yes, but I believe Jonathan Taylor will be back next week, if not the week after. So maybe if you did add him and played him this week, great. Keep keep him and see what happens with Jonathan Taylor, but I don't see him being fantasy relevant past another week out. Um Wandale Robinson did score a touchdown. There is an opportunity here in this receiving corpse. Um, yeah, corpse is again. the right way to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> I do it every time. Um, w- would you guys be picking up Wandale Robinson seeing the opportunity, the fact they drafted him? Not yet. He's, he's a rookie, only four targets, did score a touchdown last week. Yeah, no, not yet. I mean, we've talked the the Giants right now are Saquon or bust. Um, any little contribution to get from anybody outside, anybody outside of him is kind of a miracle on a weekly basis. So unless this becomes consistent, I'm not even you know, looking at his his way. No, said perfectly. You, you don't want Dale. You don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> you know right. the old Trey's been drink, Trey's drinking again when he has a pun in every <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the puns are back, baby. Uh, Fuck off! I have to dad out. It's my dude. <laughs> hey, hey! I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I I like this tray. I like getting the the goofy puns every sentence. It's awesome. Oh yeah! Here, cheers to my relapse. Um, these next two guys, maybe a couple of streaming options at tight end: Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry. 
Hunter Henry did get in the end zone. Seven targets for Henry, six targets for Ingram. Are you looking to stream these guys moving forward if you're hurting that tight end? No. God, no. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) like, haven't haven't these two guys burned you enough in your previous fantasy lives? Like, every year is like, oh, look at this guy. He's a sleeper. Hunter Henry just got paid millions or tens of millions of dollars and has done dog shit with it. Like, just stop kidding yourselves with these guys. It's not going to happen. Honestly, the bigger question really should be, is Bailey Zappi going to overtake Mac Jones as a quarterback in New England because he's playing so damn well right now? Probably should. Uh, to drive your points home with Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry, these are guys that really their snap percentage is not very high and they don't get that many targets. And that's what you want in these tight ends. So they don't have it. I don't see why you would take the risk with them. Matty Ice. Finished as what the QB two on the week. Had a big Throw game. Like Threw the ball fifty eight times in order to do so. Um, is he a streaming option next week? No. Disagree. One hundred percent. All right. Go I mean, on, I brought my friend. Yeah. Um. I mean. Let's see here. So they're playing. First of all, they're playing Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is not good. So there's that. But um, as I mentioned with receivers earlier, you have a lot of big name and, you know, roster quarterbacks on bye week. You have Josh Allen, you know, what top one or two quarterbacks in the league right now. Jalen Hurts, other top one or two quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, Then you also have Matthew Stafford and uh, Kirk Cousins all on bye. So you're going to be looking at a lot of streaming options. At least a lot of people are. And Matt Ryan has a really good matchup. He is a great streaming option this week. What if Jonathan Taylor is playing, though? Does that so, change your mind? No. His first good game all year is without Jonathan Taylor. 58 I mean, attempts. He's been averaging more than... He's averaged like 34, 35 attempts on the season. Like, his, yeah. lowest, his lowest attempts on the season is 30. So they're throwing the ball whether... John Taylor's in there or not. He also had a 1.8 point game, a six point game. And before last week, his highest game was 17 points. But they're throwing the ball and the offense is getting better, clearly. So he's a good streaming option. And again, the Titans defense is not good. True. I mean, Jacksonville's defense (laughs) is a lot better. Jacksonville defense is a lot better than Tennessee's and he just lit them up. Those are decent points, but I'm not buying that car from you yet. You gotta sell me a little bit more. <laughs> how about tire the, kicker over here? How about the uh, his highest points of the on the season before last week was against Tennessee. Ooh, last season? No, this year. You said his highest point total on the season was 16 points or 17 points. It was against <laughs> Tennessee. Yeah. I misheard you. But yeah, 17. I mean, come on, you could. You pick up Marcus Mariota, and he's just going to shit out 17 points without even trying. <laughs> okay. Okay, there. Speaking Am of, Marcus Marcus Mariota rostered in 14% of leagues. Yeah, because uh, Marcus Mariota doesn't have a three-point game on his schedule this year. Oh, God, you're, really, you're coming at me. Don't talk about my boy like that. I'm just saying, okay, if you look at, at Marcus Mariota, other than this last week in San Francisco, his best game was also 17 points this season. 
He did it twice, but like that's not something to cheer about. Mariota plays Cincy next week. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Cincinnati also has a much better defense than Tennessee does. Yes, yeah. Cincy is a tough defense. And I'll be honest, uh Marcus Mariota's point total this week is a total inflation. What he threw the ball eighteen times, I think. Fourteen. Or is it fourteen times? Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen so of fourteen. You can't, you can't rely on that performance, if I'm being honest. So yeah, you're bringing up good points. Still not sold. So <laughs> So you're still saying you would pick up Marcus Mariota over Matt Ryan for a streaming option this week? If Jonathan Taylor is playing, 100%. I, you're so wrong. James, where are you at on this? <laughs> do, you, do you see where I'm coming from? It's They're not going to throw the ball as much if Jonathan Taylor is back. They've Especially if Naheem Himes also comes back. They've thrown the ball on average 34 times a game with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, but Matt Ryan needs 60 passes to get those points. <laughs> James, right, what's your opinion here? I don't think you guys are ever going to uh, agree to disagree. And <laughs> Be the tiebreaker. Mariota does have the rushing upside, which is nice. 61 yards against Tampa Bay on the ground, 50 against San Francisco. So obviously they like to utilize him in that fashion. But I think I would have to go Matt Ryan in the matchup here and hope that maybe this was a sign of the offensive line turning it around and giving him a little bit more time to dissect. And I think I would go Matt Ryan. Good job on drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Kenyon Drake had a big game. J.K. Dobbins dealing with uh, his knee tightening up, which is not a good sign. Uh, because it was surgically repaired. Um, so obviously he's having some issues there. We haven't gotten an update yet on VK Dobbins. We're going to need some more news. But Kenyon Drake did <laughs> come out of nowhere and kind of have a big game. So what are you guys' thoughts on Kenyon Drake um, this week as a waiver wire ad? 10 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. A couple of targets through the air. 19 fantasy points against the Giants. I'll just say it's not really Kenny and Drake. It's more of Baltimore's scheme. So if J.K. Dobbins does continue to be out and deals with you know this tightness in his knee, then Kenny and Drake is definitely worth starting. If you see all these plays that Kenny and Drake's making, making big 10-plus yard runs, there's no contact, huge holes. He's just getting out there. A lot of running backs can do that. So he's taking advantage of a, a very good offensive scheme. But the instant J.K. Dobbins comes back and he's healthy, you know, fingers crossed, and recovers fully, Kenyon Drake's not really someone I'm looking at. But at the same time, if, if that continues to happen, you definitely got to have him in your lineup. Very strong rushing offense. It's been like that for years. It's one of the few things that are true in the NFL. The Ravens can run the ball. The Steelers are going to be over 500. Patriots use a running back by committee. Raiders are one of the players going to kill somebody during the season. Things just happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, back up that sentiment. Kenny Drake should be added. Um, 
with J.K. Dobbins being out, you also had Justice Hill missing the game with a hamstring injury. And so the only two active running backs on the roster were Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis, and they didn't give Mike Davis the ball. Like, they leaned on Kenyon Drake. Mike Davis barely played. I think he had one or two snaps for the game as a, as a total. So um, if J.K.'s out for the next week, and then who knows where Justice Hill's going to be at, but they're both out. Kenyon Drake is the bell cow in this backfield. So for at, at the minimum of one week, Kenyon Drake should be played. Yep. Yeah, it might be a one-week rental, so I wouldn't be spending a whole lot of fab on it, but um, definitely someone to take an eye at if you you know need a running back to stream this week. Um, moving on here, Joshua Palmer had a nice game tonight. Twelve, well, decent, but he had twelve targets uh, for nine receptions. This is really if Keenan Allen is out again next week, Joshua Palmer is a play. Uh, but that's pretty much the only way that you can play Joshua Palmer. Rostered in 28% of leagues. So, again, another one-week rental here. If Keenan Allen is unable to go against the Seahawks week seven with that hamstring injury. Um. Yeah, probably. I know Keen Allen came at, you know, he said it himself today that he will come back next week and send against the Seahawks. Um, obviously, it is a hamstring injury he's been dealing with the whole time. And the reason he's been out for five weeks instead of three is because he did tweak it. So he could tweak it again. That it's all obviously always a a, a concern. Um, if uh, Keenan is out, I think Palmer's a solid ad. The problem is, is that there's a very good chance that Keenan comes down to a questionable injury designation for the entire week. And then you're just waiting for Sunday to come and see what's happening. So then you're, you know, possibly wasting a bunch of fab dollars on Palmer who might not even play. True. Yeah. Not someone I'd be spending probably any fab on, um, at all. (laughs) It's more (laughs) of just a a pickup to play. If Keenan's out, you might be able to do that even later in the week. Well, if we're being real, Keenan Allen hasn't played since the first half of week one. Yeah. I would say it's it's pretty likely if you want to kind of like hedge that bet that he's not going to play again this week. So if he's not, then, you know, Joshua Palmer doesn't look like a bad person to have on your team. Yeah. He also has had a lot of time to heal that hamstring. So, but it is a lingering injury. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, anybody else uh james cook another guy that you know if you have room to stash on the bench if something happens to devin singletary oh my god could have a nice workload but again that's if you have room to stash players he's rostered in 29 percent of leagues they they just don't use their running backs there like they literally use josh yeah. allen as the rb1 like worse off than the ravens use uh, lamar jackson like it's, it's josh allen that's it and he goes out there and runs around like he's Mike Allstott. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that he does, no doubt about is it. Is that a diss? Because Mike Allstott was a savage. No, no, no. It's not. No, I was not a diss. Honestly, <laughs> if I'm Sean McDermott or there or Billy Bean, the head, the GM, I am telling Josh Allen to fucking slide because one big hit and he's out. There goes Buffalo season. That's a good point. I just want to bring up how we brought up James Cook. 
and you completely skipped over Marcus Mariota. You just we already brought him up. We had a whole damn debate <laughs> about him. How much do you want to talk about Marcus Mariota, my guy? <laughs> I, I will spend entire episodes talking about. What else do you got to say about Marcus Mariota? Uh, you know, plus seven thousand odds. He's a sports book. Comeback player of the year. Get your money, folks. What does that have to do with this week? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm just being an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Latavius oh, Murray uh, rostered in 10% of leagues. We've been talking about him. He could, has the potential to take over this offense in the backfield and looked like he might have done that tonight. Now, that could be because Gordon was dealing with the injury, but Gordon also hasn't been playing great. Been a bit of uh, butterfingers out there, so Latavius Murray definitely worth an add to see what happens moving forward uh, in this backfield. Uh, yeah, no, that's all day. Definitely, <laughs> he, he he dominated the backfield. We already talked about it. He had like eighty plus percent of the touches in that backfield. I'm not sure. I didn't watch the entire game, I'll be honest, but like I'm not sure why they weren't using Melvin Gordon more. And it's very telling how someone can be on a team for a week and a half and just completely dominate the backfield. Someone like Melvin Gordon's there. I, I just don't understand why they're not using him, but they like Latavius Murray. So it, it's a pretty good sign for him. All right, who's your uh, top waiver wire ad this week? Ooh, well, real quick, I got one more guy I want to bring up, actually. I'm kind of surprised that his roster percentage is so low. Um, at 28%, you have Josh Reynolds, who has been killing it for Detroit so far this season. Uh, before their bye week, he had four straight games of double-digit points, leading the team in receiving uh, the uh, the last week against New England. Amon Ross St. Brown coming off the injury has been a little slow getting back. I know they're coming off the bye, and hopefully that will help. But uh, Josh Reynolds should absolutely be rostered. I don't understand the disrespect where he's getting, you know, almost 10 targets on average on the season, at least the last three weeks, at least. Um, he should absolutely be rostered in all leagues, and he's a probably pretty solid flex play uh, almost every week. Oh, Josh Reynolds. Um, okay. Who's your top waiver wire ad for the week? <laughs> it. it. Would it not be Kenyon Drake if J.K. Dobbins continues to be a little hobbled? That's the only thing that makes me nervous is, like, will J.K. actually be out next week? I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> we need more well, news. It, so, it seems like ever since he came back, though, he hasn't played more than 50% of snaps. So they're worried themselves. And, you know, Kenyon Drake, he played 60% of snaps. Obviously, a lot of big runs, but I, honestly, out of anyone on this list, that's someone who, like, once we get done with what we're doing, someone I'm really looking at, um, it's either him or Rondale Moore. Am I wrong? Like, who are you guys thinking of? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to lean towards Rondale because it's a better long-term play for the rest of the season, um, where Kenyon Drake could very well be a one-week rental, and then you're back just throwing him on your bench. So I would definitely go towards Rondale Moore. Yeah, I would too. Honestly, it'd probably be between Rondale and Michael Gallup for me, um, just because of the upside. If 
Dak comes back, Michael Gallup's 100% healthy moving forward. You know, uh, there could be some real fantasy value there if they do continue to have a connection. But so those are the two guys that would probably be priority for me. Can I Unless ask you, you something? Yeah. As a Packers fan, that was a team we were really big on for picking up on the waiver wires. If they are available, the Packers defense, they haven't given up more than 20 points all year, basically, but the last two weeks, 27 points to the Jets and the Giants. Are we still fucking with the Packers defense next week against the Commanders? They haven't been able to stop the run, and the offense is anemic at this point, which are two variables that don't bode well for good fantasy production as a defense. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely next week with playing Washington, I think they're worth playing. Hopefully things turn around for this team, but then they play Buffalo, so you're definitely going to be dropping them uh, after this week for sure. So maybe one more week in there. (laughs) Okay. I have one more question. Tyler, last week we made a bet. Yeah. I don't I don't remember your side of the bet. I know I had Geno Smith. We bet a cigar. Who did you have? We bet two cigars. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Either way, we yeah. bet. And you bet. did win. My bet was on was on Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert had nine point eight points. So Gino beat him out by just a little bit, very surprisingly. So yes, I got what a couple are... cigars here for you. Aha. What a horrible bet! First of all, nine points from Justin Herbert though. It's the Chargers <laughs> yeah. are crazy. Like ever since he fucked his ribs up, things have changed. Yeah, it's it's where he threw fifty-seven times and still only scored nine points. I didn't know how yeah. that's possible for for someone like Justin Herbert, but it happened, man. And uh, yeah, I got a couple cigars coming your way. If Matt Ryan can throw the ball 58 times, he walks around with a cane in the fucking pocket because he has no pocket <laughs> presence. Uh, honestly, I think it's very telling about Herbert. Like, w- we all know he's a savage, but, you know, once he messes his ribs up, um, I don't know if you guys have ever, like, hurt your ribs before. It, it takes a long time. I don't care how athletic you are. It's something yeah. that literally, it just takes time. And these last about two it and a half like... weeks have been rough you can like play through it, you know, it's not enough pain to where you absolutely can't play, but you can play through it, but it's still affecting his play. And Herbert's definitely been disappointing on the year. You know, if you drafted him, um, for what we expect, he had some massive games last year. We just haven't seen those yet. Hopefully that comes, um, once he gets more healthy, but yeah, it's definitely been disappointing without a doubt. I'll just say this. I messed my ribs up playing spike ball with you guys and it hurt to <laughs> it hurt to it hurt to poop for a month like just you're using it's like it, the muscles that you use in your ribs are crazy it's, it's a very painful injury i mean it's it's they're part of your core i mean you use your core in basically every movement you do as a human being so you're gonna feel it with everything you're doing um you know with rib injuries like it's hard to breathe especially even at first so Every hit he takes, I'm sure he feels it. It doesn't feel good. So, um, honestly, he'll get back to where we were seeing last week, last year. Um, I don't doubt that by any means. Yeah, it'll just it'll take some time. Maybe like another month. Maybe <laughs> <What>? less. Fuck. <laughs> a couple of weeks. Uh, he has yeah, a bye maybe, week though. 
Yeah, they have a bye week. I think the bye week is when he can really rest up and, you know, not get touched at all. And he'll be good to go come back week nine against Atlanta. Yep, after that, plays the 49ers. Good, good pass rush. Chiefs, good pass rush. Hopefully they're good by then. Because if he keeps getting fucked up, he's going to feel it. No doubt, no doubt. All right, well, that'll do it for our Week 7 Waiver Wire show. Make sure uh, you tune in for the starts and sits later in the week and our starts of the week. Uh, we appreciate you all listening. And uh, hit us up on Twitter, at the FF Fathers if you have any additional Waiver Wire questions. We will be happy to answer those there on Twitter. Uh, like, subscribe. Holler at us. We appreciate you listening, and we will catch you later. Bye.